You're listening to the Winnebus.net Podcast Network. Welcome to the Screamcast, episode 130. I am your host, Sean Drager, and with me as always is Brett Henderson. Wow. Thanks We're for trying freezing over my name right there. <laughs> I'm excited. We're trying Zencaster, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R.com, and it's pretty fucking cool. Uh, a little pricey, so we're hoping some patrons come through so we can pay for this for the year. But uh, it's pretty damn cool, and hopefully it'll make things a lot easier and sound uh, a lot better. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, And, of course, Brad is back from Austin, Texas, from South by Southwest. Oh, shit. And this episode is dedicated to his trip. Um, We're going to skip over everything else because there's a shit ton to talk about. We were going to split this into two episodes, but, dude, you were so... Focus like you always like you always are when you go to these these things, and yeah. there was there was like no time to record. Man, you were like seeing like twenty movies a day or some shit. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough this year. The programming was a little uh, different. Um, a lot of things overlapped. A lot of things across town. Because usually, if you've ever been to Austin, Texas, I usually stay at the South Lamar Theater. Um, South by Southwest is, of course, all over Austin. The movie portion uh, takes place at about six theaters throughout Austin, um, and they set up a transportation system uh, specifically for the festival uh, shuttles, basically, that run every 10 minutes um, in a big circle. Um, This one, however, there was a lot of overlap and a lot of gaps, so it was really difficult to find time. Even to hmm. call my family. So, yeah. South by Southwest, tearing families apart, one movie at a time. It's true. I'm single now, so. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, if, it, was, uh, it was a blast. By the way, if you're listening and you want to Twitter along as you're listening, live tweet. Uh, you can follow us at Scream underscore cast, of course. And, uh, gosh, you know, I had all these announcements I was going to make up front, but I totally forget now. So stick around. Well, oh, uh, we have, we have a pa- Patreon. <laughs> yes. We have, we have, uh, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash scream underscore cast. Um, I'm kind of, it's in flux a little bit. But I want to make sure that we're doing it, you know, that you're getting your money's worth, but there's a $1 option. Uh, which is basically like just throwing us a tip of a buck a month, um, just the just tip. The tip. And then oh, there's jinx. a three dollar option where for now you will get uh, each podcast early. So, I mean, it could be a day, it could be two days, it could be three days, just depending on when I send the files to oneofus.net. But basically, as soon as I get done editing the thing, 
you will be able to hear it right away. Um, and then there's a $5 option, which will launch a new bonus episode that for now will be limited only to the $5 patrons. Uh, it's called Screamcast Late Night, where if you, you will be able to control what we talk about. I was going to limit it to horror, but I, it may just be a kind of ask us anything, just any topic at all. We, we will rant on it, uh, for 30 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes. Like I said, that episode, we're going to be doing one short, uh, soon, as soon as we get some scheduling down, and then um, we will be giving those, you know, posting those for our $5 patrons. If we reach our goal of $100 a month, we will unlock that for the $3 a month uh, so, uh, patrons. Then once we hit like 200 bucks a month for Patreon, then we'll unlock it to all patrons and then we'll kind of go from there. I'm thinking eventually I'm going to want everyone to hear these. So maybe like a month out, all you know, we'll start posting them live for everyone. But for a month, they'll be like patron exclusive or something like that. I'm kind of working all this out. I I I don't like the idea. <clears throat> I don't like the idea of having a ton of shit behind a paywall. I've never liked that. I've never liked that in podcasts that I listen to. A lot of people say it works. I'm sure it does. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a patron for a couple of podcasts myself just because their bonus content is so good. I don't have the time to, I don't, I don't, I don't think we have the time to really put out a shit ton of quality exclusive content, but, uh, don't I don't know. I just, I just don't want to be anything. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just don't like throwing everything, like throwing a bunch of crap behind a paywall. So our goal is not to do that, but there may be some like, you know, we may stagger releasing of these exclusive content. So if you're a patron, you get you can hear it for the first month or something like that. Still working it out, but uh, it should be pretty cool. And it's a way to uh, to you know, support the podcast. It's a way to, I mean, if this Zencaster thing really does sound good and I like it a lot, I'm gonna want to use it. Um, you you will actually be directly responsible for a better sounding podcast. Better like them. sounding podcast. I mean, I don't know how how good you want us to to sound in your ear your ear holes, but mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, and then, side note, uh, this is this I'm starting on my AXPX podcast again. So if you're into that uh, in like religion and philosophy and stuff, it's a totally different animal than this. Um, but I'm starting that up again. So if you want to check that out, it's the AXPX.com. But we're a horror podcast. And we got to jump into. Well, uh, uh, you, you say that, but we're not really. I mean, not really. We are. We're not. We, we focus. Really we focus on that, but we we cover a lot. I think we do. I think we are all encompassing genre, and uh, which I think most people are. You know, uh, there are those that like to gut pigs and roll around in their blood uh, and only watch horror movies that uh, probably don't like our show, but. The normal person who digs horror and genre, I think, were exactly what you guys are looking for. I don't know why we're plugging ourselves. People are already listening to our Man. podcast. They're already stuck. Uh, let's do. Let's jump into South by Southwest. Well, we have a we have a ton of we have we do have sponsors like Coffee Shop of Horrors. We'll get to all them later. And um, but I want to hear, dude. I've been wanting to talk to you since you left. So set up the travel because Ash Varner, who writes for the site. He tagged along, and this was was this his first South by Southwest? Yes. <laughs> How did it go? Uh, Ashley had a good time. You know, he um, 
you know, he, he needed the trip in his life. And, um, you know, we had an opportunity to have, uh, you know, South by gave us the opportunity to have two, two people there covering the fest, which we were, uh, very appreciative of. And, um, but that also means kind of double the coverage. Um, so a- Ashley, Ashley tagged along and he, uh, did daily recaps, kind of like mini reviews on each film that he saw. Um, I that plugged away awesome. at a few, few, yeah, he did a really, really good job, you know, encompassing pretty much, uh, you know, the, daily daily thing of what we did uh not step by step of course but just mainly just focusing on the movies just quick little blurbs and then i did a few longer reviews of films that i felt like i could say over you know 300 words about and then uh, of course we have the show which i was able to talk about everything so uh yeah it was he had a great time it was very hectic it was very busy it was very cold it was rainy. We stood out in the rain for, uh, you know, a couple hours here, then froze to death, and then went in a freezing theater, then went right back out into the rain and froze again. There was a couple days like that, because you stand in line out in the open. There's no coverage, you know, no. and uh, I mean, I guess we could have had an umbrella, but who wants to carry around an umbrella all day? So, Not me. Anyways, yeah. So uh, South by Southwest uh, kicked a lot of ass. There's so many fucking movies. There's like 180 movies, and pretty much you can only see, uh, if you do it right, you can probably get around, say, a good 40. Um, But, of course, with this year, it's kind of funky. I think I ended up seeing 32. So, uh, yeah. Dude, there's no way. I, there's no way I could probably watch that many movies uh, in a row. I, I, don't, I don't know how you. Low number for me this year. So, <laughs> but uh, what what if we actually got into these movies and started talking well, about we, them? We're, we're kick ass. I'm sure we should talk about them. Yeah. Well, not all this, of them. This is this is your show, man. So I'm not really going to talk a lot on this show. I this want to hear. I want to hear your two cents. South by Southwest. Uh, okay. All right. So uh, hold on, hold on. let me find some music on. Uh, let me find some music here. Uh, here we go. Uh, yeah. No. How about this? <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. All right. So since all of you, I imagine, have subscribed or have been subs- uh, have a su- subscription to Shutter, um, the Devils is of course playing now on uh, and streaming on Shutter. Um, uh, this is a Shutter exclusive, the first film we're going to talk about. So you can only see this on Shutter, apparently. Which I th- like the exclusivity with that, but I also like. Eh, why can't it play everywhere? But anyways, it's only like four bucks, four, four or five dollars for a month. It's the same as renting a fucking movie on Vudu. So if you yeah. rent a movie on Vudu a month, might as well get Shudder. Um, because they're, they are having a lot of exclusives. Actually, two of these films that I'll be talking about are Shudder exclusives. I'll get to the other one in a little bit. Um, so first up is, uh, Prevenge. Kind of a, uh, feminist, um, People say feminist, feminist horror flick about a soon-to-be mother that goes on a murder spree. Um, 
kind of a it was not really strictly a horror film it's a you know a dark comedy um this one generated some buzz at the festival i was kind of just meh on it like a 2.5 out of 5 uh maybe even a 2 out of 5 there um it it just wasn't 100 percent for me um I don't know. I feel like it maybe overstated its welcome a little bit, but uh, it is a unique uh, story. Um, there is a f- uh, film in the '80s called Baby Blood, which I think it might have been in the '90s, um, that kind of tackles the same deal with this. I, I don't think that probably the makers of Prevenge know about Baby Blood because it's super like you know underseen because it's really weird and um, not very. Uh, it, it wasn't put out by any companies or anything. I think it's one of those like VHS only and bootleg DVDs. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, she, she is being told by basically the infant of what is happening and the bad people that are on earth. So she kind of wants to clean up before her baby's born. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, next up was Adam Mason's. Whoa. Was that a baby? Um, (laughs) How about a pig? You got a pig pig noise and a oink? No, no. No. Nah. It's, it's very unlimited. Oh, I got a ballpark right. noise. There you go. Adam Mason steps up to the plate. Uh, Adam I mean, Mason. Is, I'm gushing over Zencaster because, like, I mean, I can preload this with, like, all of our stuff, and I, I can actually if – I, if I plan, I can load this with, like, all the movie trailers. We can at least start and hear a little bit of it. I mean, god damn nice. it. So, patrons. Like patrons? Patreon.com slash scream underscore cast. Please make this happen. So, since uh, Adam Mason is up to the plate, um, Adam Mason has directed uh, a film that I spoke about on one of the la- not last, but um, I've actually first South by Southwest um, that I went to. He had a film called Hangman. It's available on Blu-ray. You can pick it up. Uh, it's a found footage horror film. Pretty good. Uh, found footage at least done correctly. Um, and then he also did a film called The Devil's Chair and Blood River that were uh, fairly popular online and whatnot. So now he has his very first film uh, played at fa- fan, uh, Fantastic Fest. Son of a bitch. South by Southwest. So his debut, yes, that is right, his debut film played at South by Southwest. This film played um, at a fest in, like, fucking Germany or France or Spain, something like that. I think it was Spain. Played one time at 3 a.m. in an all-day horror marathon. Um, It's called Pig. Um, And after that, Adam Mason was kind of not too happy with the film in general. It was a kind of experiment to see if he could make a feature film. Um, it is a very low grade uh, film as far as like f- uh, film film wise, and it's uh, one of those kind of uh, I call it kind of C grade cinema where it's basically based on complete brutality and blood and bloodshed and torture and harm and misogyny and all that other stuff. So they played Pig, uh, the final screening. This was called because uh, after he does this, he is there's word is that he's going to trash it and completely n- never have it be seen to the public eye again, or he's just not ever going to 
play it anywhere or have it distributed. So I was very interested to see it because I remember hearing about it years ago, but of course I couldn't see it anywhere. Um, I'm glad I saw it. It's not for me. Um, but there are a few aspects about the film that I did like. Uh, for example, as experimental film and a first timer, this film is shot as one continuous take. Uh, so that means the camera starts rolling and it never really has a cut. There are cuts integrated in the film, of course, but they're hidden, so it's presented to be one continuous long shot, which I enjoyed. It had a great soundtrack, um, but yes, it is pretty brutal. Um, there are a lot of... Uh, this movie made me cringe a little bit. It made me feel very dirty, and um, it made me feel uncomfortable, which it's pretty hard to do that type of shit. I was so gonna say, like, whenever you say like you're uncomfortable, uh, I know that it's like a super fucked up flick. Uh, there is a scene in the film where he eats a woman's eyeball out of her head while he rapes her. Huh. <laughs> so well, half of that happened in uh, the, that Tim Burton's peculiar peculiar <laughs> children. Um, so. so yeah, it, it's it's. It, I mean. It, Here's the thing, is that I wanted to stay for the Q&A because I was very interested in uh, why Mason made this flick, why it's playing one last time, um, and everything like that. I, I have a certain respect for the film as kind of a technical aspect because it's very well done for what he was working with and as far as an experimental film and um, just this one actor just running the entire show. It's basically we're introduced to a guy who has uh, three victims that he has tied up and he is torturing and doing awful things to, and he has a um, wife, girlfriend, that is kept in a cage who is mentally um, handicapped and um, he and she's pregnant and she joins in on what's happening. Uh, the film is completely 100% misogynistic. No doubt about it. It's very brutal. It's mean, very mean towards women. Um, and we may be saying to myself, well, there's a lot of films like that. Yes. But here's the reason why I don't think it's going to be released. Um, it's because of a um, – it would be a lawsuit involved and adam mason would uh be probably you know obviously uh, sued and fined for this um in the film and this is what kind of blew me away um and it's i i honestly can't believe this is real i researched it after they talked about it at the show uh the screening and then i was listening to this guy in real life and i was just like i can't believe that this isn't talked about more this person really does exist so in the film, while the soundtrack's playing and the characters going around raping and pissing on everybody, um, there is a radio broadcast that's playing in the background, and you can—and it's not faint. You can hear it pretty well, um, and it's really fucking disturbing because it's just this guy uh, talking about how women need to be have the shit beat out of them, and then they'll come back to you. How women deserve to be raped, uh, all this crazy stuff, and I'm like, man, this is really crazy, like. Who fucking wrote this script? No, it is a real radio broadcast by this fat fucker, uh, Tom Likas. Tom Likas. Tom Likas. Women are just yearling. Yeah, yeah, you Tom know about Likas. it. All right, so he's based out of California, <laughs> so you probably know a little bit better than I do. The fucking thing. 
So, you know, a little story about Tom Lycus really quick, if I, if you don't mind. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I, I want to know. Uh, allegedly, he took all his money and he started up a winery up in Northern California. And he's not really this super misogynistic guy. He had started this as a character, uh, allegedly. And it just took off and started making him a shit ton of money. And he didn't give a fuck. And, peop- and all these douchebag bros were all about his show. He had a thing called Flash Friday where you would get women to flash their boobs at you while you're driving home from work. And you'd call in and tell them you got flashed and all this bullshit. And so uh, allegedly it was, it is kind of an act that kind of went out of control is what I'm told. Like he has like a fine winery up in Northern California now, but, uh, the dude's a pig. I don't, I don't care. Like if you still put on that persona just to make a shit ton of money, uh, you're a pig. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, out of curiosity, I would listen to his show on uh, on the way home because uh, it was out here. But yeah, yeah was, uh, I, and, and and I I looked up past recordings and 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 listened to it, and I was like, man, this is really fucked up. Whether it's a character or not, I mean, it's perceived as reality. Um, yeah, you know, totally. a film we can watch a movie and walk away from it and be like, okay, that was fiction. You know, uh, fictitious characters. I, I'm good. But when you deal with something that could be misconstrued as, you know, reality, which that's what it's like, um, uh, th- that was actually the most disturbing part of the movie, because obviously I know what I'm watching is is fake, um, but what I'm hearing I thought was fake too. Until Adam Mason was right. like, "That's this is I can't yeah. release this because this is a recording of this guy." Um, Things like create like dudes ate that ate his words up. Well, see, like, that's the thing it, it, it was create. It creates misogyny. It creates it creates these uh, it creates rape culture. You know, it, it yeah. creates all, all this thing that you know women are things like you know fucking Mad Max. Even Mad Max had it right, and that's fucking talk about a fictitious movie that really tackles something like that. You know, um, and it's 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 gross. It's it's sickening. It's just it's 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 shitty. You know, um, and I'm like, Adam Mason, fucking release this shit because maybe more people need to know about this piece of shit. Um, <laughs> but, you know, honestly, maybe it's better if you just brush out the fire and just let him let him die off. I don't know. But anyways, did he say that he tried to get clearance for that at all or had he just did he not even try? I don't think he even tried. Um, you know, like I said, of experimental film, he was never looking to have it released. So, you know, showing at a film festival, Tom like is going to be coming after this dude. Um, no, no. So, I mean, easily they could take it out and release the film, but it does give the film a certain level of, uh, I don't know, it gives it another, it puts it on another level. Especially yeah. I mean, now, they can get, but I, even I, watching the film. They, they, they can hire me. And uh, give me a script. I'll record that shit in the afternoon. No, and, uh, it's some gross and get shit, man. So, anyways, no, I know. Uh, I I don't know if you'll be able to see Pig. I I do know for a very very short time, uh, Adam Mason was emailing it to people years ago. Um, if you requested it and it was on the internet, but um, as of right now, I do not see any plans for it. Uh, we got a lot to cover, so I'm gonna blow through some of these. Um. Well, the ones that I didn't like, I'll blow through. Uh, small just, town. You, you should, you should, well, yeah, blow through all the bullshit ones, and let's get into the stuff yeah. that that the the ready. So, small town crime. John Hawks is in it. He plays a ex cop who becomes kind of a 
private investigator trying to find a woman who uh, he found out is dead. And he intervenes with the family, and he hunts down uh, this woman's uh, killers. Um, it's very funny. It's a very dark comedy. Um, it's also really brutal at times. It's got some great action. It has Robert Forrester in it. He's great. John Hawks, obviously. But I don't have you hooked by just saying John Hawks, and I don't really know what else to tell you. Um, I'll watch it. It feels yeah. like a very, like, 90s film. Like, it, it feels like something that I saw like an indie drama in the 90s that that's what this film feels like um it's really it's not really i wouldn't say it's tight but it's it's a very small film hence the name small town crime um but i i really enjoyed it it's got a great script john hawks is amazing obviously robert forrester's even better um but just a really great little kind of dark action comedy so definitely see it. No idea of distribution on this yet, um, but I imagine you will see this sometime this year. Uh, next up, um, I think that as distribution, uh, Joe Swanberg has a new film. Uh, so if you've seen like you know Happy Christmas, uh, Drinking Buddies, kind of his more recent bigger films. This guy started out as very small indie mumblecore films up into this uh, big. Uh, you know, he's Hollywood now almost, not, but with the kind of the independent attitude. Uh, this stars yeah. uh, and co-wrote with Jake Johnson, which uh, everybody knew aside from me because I don't watch television. Um, but uh, Jake Johnson plays uh, um, kind of a a good guy, uh, really, really down on his luck, trying to end, make ends meet, and he has a gambling problem, um, a really bad gambling problem. Um, he works and then goes to the slots and plays any type of, uh, poker or gambling that he can. Um, he has a friend who's going to prison for about six months and his friend asks him to hang on this to this bag and do not open this bag. Just keep it for me for six months and you get 10 grand at the end. Well, Jake. Johnson happily obliges and he is an idiot and he opens the bag and finds out there's a shit ton of cash. So immediately he starts playing um, poker. Uh, Preferably, I think Texas Hold'em is his game. Um, He does pretty well. He gets up on his luck, he plays a little more and he gets himself into a bad, 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 bad bind. Um, As well as falling in love with the girl of his dreams. Uh, while trying to make all this money back. This movie is fucking hilarious. It is so fucking good. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. It's called Win It All. Um, Joe Swanberg does a great job with Jake Johnson of kind of maybe letting Jake do his own thing, because that's kind of what it feels like. Um, It's very... It it feels real. It feels... uh, I like when films do that, where you could tell the actors totally dig in the role, understands the role, and just kind of does, you know, feels like it's a non-scripted film. You know, they have an idea of what's going to happen, and then they just let it roll. Um, definitely probably uh, Joe Swanberg's best film to date, I would say, um, in kind of a different uh, caliber, uh, mainly because he's not in it, of course, Um uh, but his son is, and his wife. It was nice to. It was very cute to see. 
but it's got a great cast um and it's like i said it's very cute it's also very <laughs> very infuriating watching watching the film as well um but yeah check it out uh, that will definitely be uh, out um this year um i know that somebody picked it up while i was there um next up was edgar wright's baby driver Oh, shit. Which blew the lid off of South by um, South by actually blew up. Um, I am. I'll watch Edgar Wright films. I am not a hardcore fan. I enjoy 50% of the films he's made. Well, actually I would say 40% because there he is at fistful of whatever. <laughs> Um, I enjoy I Hot Fuzz. I like Hot Fuzz the most. Shaun of the Dead's fine. Um, his other films, I'm not a big fan of. I don't like Scott Pilgrim. I don't like what World's End, and I don't like that fistful of whatever it is. Um, but Wait, fistful of what? Yeah, his movie Fistful of something, or for a full. It's his first feature. It's like a western comedy type thing. Oh, fistful uh, of fingers. Yeah, there you go. I've never seen that. Yeah. Um, oh. So I was a little apprehensive about seeing this because I'm not a huge, huge fan. I knew this was going to be playing sometime in like July or August. So I was just like, whatever. But then something was said to me that made me want to watch it. And said I knew somebody that saw it prior. And they said, yeah, it's really crazy. It's um, There's nothing like it. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, right. Come on. There's no, like, pure original ideas anymore, it seems. Like, as long as a story's told well, I don't give a shit if it's been told a thousand times. If it's done right, done well, shot well, filmed, like, you know, really well, script's great, actor's great, special effects are okay, I don't give a fuck, you know? I just want to be entertained. I want to have a good movie. Um, We're at the point where they're remaking... They're going to remake The Fucking Matrix. <laughs> yeah, you know, The Matrix is super inventive. It's a great script, you know? But, you know, I have something like, uh, what's something What's something generic? Just name a generic movie that everybody loves. Beauty and the Beast. Huh? Beauty and the Beast. No, no, no. I'm saying something that we've talked about recently. Oh, just a, just a fun generic flick that everyone loves? Yeah. Uh... Something that's nothing special. Like, well, as far I'm... as storylines. Well, I mean, God, man. I mean, I'm, you, I know I'm even Star Wars. No, even Star Wars is a pretty okay. generic no, 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 no. storyline. Okay, no, here we go. Perfect. Star Wars: Force Awakens. Everybody loves Star Wars: okay. Force Awakens. Yeah. It's, That's a good. It's a good exactly. Example. It's fucking Star Wars. The mm-hmm. first movie, A New Hope. It's just a retelling of that. Almost, it's like beat for beat. Shit, same shit happens. But hey you guys, know what? hey guys, we're starting up the new empire. What should we do? I don't know. Maybe we should do like a big planet thing. Well, think bigger, bigger. Yeah, let's just do like, let's convert an entire planet into a Death Star. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, should we, hey guys, gotta make sure there's not like one weakness that'll take down the entire planet though, bro. Right. Uh, guys, we got some budget cuts. You know the one area? No one's gonna find that. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Let's get it built. So, yeah, <laughs> but here's the thing. Star Wars, The Force of Awakens looks good. Um, it's got a great cast. It's got, you know, a fun little script. 
and it's told really well, it's shot really well, it works. But if you had a shitty cast and a shitty script and shitty special effects, yeah. Force Awakens would have blown. So that's my point. Um, yeah. Baby Driver, somebody said it wasn't never been done before, and then I kind of tuned in. I was like, hey, so what, what do you mean? And they said, well, it's a musical, but it's also an action film, and it's got a love story. And I was like, okay, so big deal. And they said, well, the whole thing's cued with music. And I said, what do you mean? And it was like, Every scene, there's a song playing, and what is happening, everything's kind of cued to the beat. And I said, like, and they said, yeah, when somebody's walking, little songs playing, when they open a door, you know, maybe a, you know, a guitar, you know, uh, comes in, or the, you know, if a gun, guns are going off, drums are pounding, and I was like, oh, it's pretty fucking interesting. Um... So I lined up to watch in line for two hours in the freezing cold um, to watch Baby Driver. And I was pleasantly surprised. At first, I was kind of like, after it was over, I was like, I don't know what the fuck I just watched. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, after I was thinking about it, I was like, man, this is super fucking cool. Um, so, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And it, no, it's not Edgar Wright's Fast and the Furious film. It's nothing like Fast and the Furious. So, yes, there's oh, a lot of driving. You know, uh, and shit like that. But it's nothing like Fast and the Furious. It's just a fun action comedy. Um, next up was uh, Trent Haga's uh, 68 Kill, which was another festival favorite of mine. Um, this is also uh, Trent Haga's, I think, second film. He directed Chop. Um, he is actually a trauma dude starting out. Um, and that really turned me off there for a second. Um, but then I knew that he um, wrote uh, uh, Dead Girl. He wrote, he co-wrote Cheap Thrills. Um, so I, then it was like Cheap Thrills, Dead Girl. I'm on board, um, and it turned out to be one of my favorites. It is a Southern fried, toxic heroin injected trip. Uh, very funny. It's based off a novel called Sixty Eight Kill. Um, and Lynn McCord's in it, the the guy from Criminal Minds. I always forget his name. Um, the girl that played in um, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Um, she's she's in it. It's got a great cast. It's uh, it's very fun, uh, very strange, very weird, um, but uh, also really brutal at times. It, it's it's something to definitely um, check out. Uh, but yeah, sixty eight kills, great. Watch it um, whenever you can. I don't think it has distribution yet, but uh, Travis Stevens is also the producer on it, so he's obviously a friend of the show, been on a couple times. So check out 68 Kill. Serious talk about Travis Stevens. Serious talk right now, because he's probably listening, but I don't care. I'm about to blow your mind with my opinion of Travis Stevens. If I was gay, I would totally blow him. (laughs) Uh, The dude's a machine, that's for sure. Um, Dude, uh, he's one of the best producers, like genre producers, uh, hardest working. Like each of the movies he's put out has been super entertaining. There was there was even one that I was like, ah, this movie's gonna suck, but it was entertaining. It's like they had like a muscle car and like this like chick with a huge mohawk. Oh, what movie was that? Yeah, yeah, American Muscle. I mean, it was it was fun. You know what I mean? It was fun flick. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, it, yeah, all this, I, I all this flicks you. that he produces has teeth. Yeah. 
So, yeah, he's he's a great genre producer. He also works with the people he's working with. You know, he's not like an yeah. office dude. He's sweeping the floors. He's helping with the camera. He's doing whatever he can. Um, so next up was The Strange Ones. I can't really talk about this one too much because it gives too much away. Um, this one doesn't have distribution as far as I know, but you obviously see it. It's a small little indie, uh, kind of a slow burn. It's um, about two brothers who are on the run, and there is a story to be told of why they are running. Uh, it's um, it's a very you got to kind of immerse yourself into the story to uh, really grasp it because you're you're being told the story as a complete outsider. Obviously, you know you're, not, you're they're not narrating. The story, you don't get flashbacks, you don't get... Well, I mean, you do get flashbacks in the film, but you don't get little tidbits of, like, info dumps. There's not an info dump with a police officer. There's nothing like that. You, you're you're kind of a road film of uh, of these two, you know, this little little kid and this older, older kid um, being told the story, but kind of, like, almost indirectly... Um, you know, you find out little tidbits here and there, and then about it, you know, thirty minutes in the movie, you're like, oh, okay, I, I kind of got what is going on, and then it just fucking hits you, like towards the end, you're like, oh shit, this is crazy. Um, a really great film, slow burn. It's really, really well shot. Um, but just, just an overall, uh, kind of an interesting uh, movie. So stuff that you really don't see too much. And next up, um, this movie comes out in August, I guess. Um, this is known and will be known as the female John Wick. Um, so it's called, that's what everybody's saying. I kind of agree, but I also disagree. Um, it's just, it's shot by the guy that did John Wick. Um, it's uh, one of the co-directors of John, John Wick. It's pretty much the same thing. Um, but it's called Atomic Blanche. Charlize Theron is in it along with uh, James McAvoy. She plays a lethal assassin in 1986. Um, how hot is uh, Charlize Theron in this? Uh, she is very, very beautiful, and she gets a little naked, which I was not expecting. Um, you, you know, I wasn't going there. I wasn't gonna be all like, you know. All freaking, she's, you know, she's a beautiful dude, woman. bro. On this, oh, well, I'm not dude, bro, and I can, she, I can, uh, I can appreciate a, a female form, and she shows her female form, and she is beautiful. Uh, she's a beautiful woman, and she kicks a lot of ass. There you go. Um, so yeah, check out Atomic Blonde. There's really no need to say anymore. It's got a eighty soundtrack, and it comes out in August. Um, next up, uh, I'll blow over this film. It's called The Archer. It will show up on probably Netflix or maybe never ever released. Uh, this is the one oh, film that you own, this only film that you commented on. <laughs> Based off the picture of Sean, for, uh, this is I have a thing for women holding a bow and arrow. Thirty-two films, and, for, and the film I mean, that you talk about the most, it wasn't a poster; it was a screenshot. <laughs> the poster is really awful, by the way. Um, oh, is it? But all the films that I posted pictures of and screenshots and posters this is the only film yeah. that you talked about and this is the worst film that i saw, that I, saw. Like, I, I think i saw it as you posted it in a comment and i you know just, i had just yeah. hear me out this is the worst <laughs> film that i saw at south by southwest Damn it. 
really? Yeah. I was hoping it'd be good. Huh? You may like I, it. I was hoping it'd be good. Let, 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 me, but, well, let, let me tell you exactly what I think happened with this film. This is no way, shape, or form the truth. I do not know how this movie was made, but this is my guess. In 1987, a script was written... All right, here we go. In 1987, a script was written called The Archer. It starred a male and a female role. But the movie could never, ever, ever get off the ground. It just sat on the shelf. Until one day, the writer was like, you know what? I'm going to try to make The Archer again. So he took it to, she took it to a studio, and she was like, hey, I want to make this movie. They looked at the script, and they were like, this wouldn't work today. She said, wait, what if I change the female or the male character to a female, but leave the female mm-hmm. as a female, the love interest, mm-hmm. make it a lesbian story? Mm-hmm. Sure. Do it. And that's kind of what this movie's like. This movie feels like it was never updated. Um, it is about a female that is attacked. She is punched and throw down to the ground and she defends herself gives the guy a black eye there's no court date i mean there is a court date there's no judge there's no or there is a judge there's no jury there's no actual case she just judge slams down this mallet and gives her 2 years in this correctional facility she is shipped to this correctional facility of god knows where the same day without saying bye to her mother and then she is put in this kind of uh you know, correctional facility, you want to say, but it's more like a jail run by three dudes. Three dudes. Only three dudes. One, two, three. The guy who runs the place, his son, and then one horn dog. Um, have a bunch of, of women from the ages of eight to about 17. Um, there is some weird sexual stuff that happens in the film, talked about, not really seen, because the movie's technically PG-13. Um, that's the weird part. Uh, there's also, they, they're wanting to kill people, and there's some blowjob innuendos and kind of, uh, peeking at young girls, and, oh my god, you need to stop with the baseball thing. Stop. It was not. It is. It was not. Um, it was not intended for the peeking young girls. Oh Jesus! You need to find another noise. Stop doing that noise. So there's a very Lancaster for now is very limited. But look, if we fund this, oh my god, patrons, people are just gonna fund this because they don't want you to fucking play the baseball theme. Um, yeah, yeah. If you want, if you want different sound effects. Please uh, join no, the Patreon. No, stop. Jesus Christ, it's it's midnight for me. I got like a million more movies to go through. Um, oh, dude. Yeah, you're killing it. So <laughs> this film, there's like in in the, the guy is peeking at girls through the shower, and she's like 16, and like. There's this weird blowjob thing that happens, but the girl in the script says horse crap out of nowhere. She just says horse crap. She doesn't say horse shit. She says horse crap. And I was sitting in the theater like, what the fuck? Why does she say horse crap? Um, And there's like this, the guy that's like doing all the sex stuff is like a William Zabka character from like fucking Karate Kid. 
And this movie's just a mess. But anyways, watch it on a rainy day on a Tuesday when you have nothing else to do in your life. Um, next up was uh, David Lynch, The Art Life, a documentary about David Lynch and his art. Uh, David Lynch is a weird dude, as we all know, and it shows his weirdness, and he's kind of funny, but I really think he was kind of churning it out for this documentary about himself. Uh, hmm. That's pretty much all I have to say. It's about his life and shit and about his kid, um, but it's good. It, check it out. Uh, next up was The Most Beautiful Island. This one, Best Picture, um, as far as kind of like an indie thing on the side. I don't know. Uh, f- directed by a female, which is uh, always nice to see. Um, it is about a woman kind of down on her luck, um, gets offered one night to put on a dress and go to this uh, so-called party. And she doesn't know why that she is going, but she will be paid um, a lot of money. Um, and she's put into something. Um, can't really talk too much about it. It's uh, it's really well done. Um, I was on board for most of it. Uh, next up was uh, this is I don't really consider this a documentary, but it's called Muppet Guys Talking. Um, it is uh, four five remaining members of uh, the original cast of the Muppets. Um, just getting together for one time and talking about the past times and Jim Henson, all the great times they had. It's funny. It's cute. It probably would have been better, like as a mini series, like six episodes. Um, but it's it's oh, only like an hour, and it's really weird because it just goes by super fast and doesn't really accomplish anything. It's just fun, you know. Um, do they? their voices still yeah they they do their voices on the you know and everything like that but yeah it's just them bullshitting i was a huge muppets fan i mean i know jim henson did kermit kermit the frog here wow and then i think didn't he do piggy um no i think frank oz did piggy frank oz oh yeah that's right that's right that's right um were any of them like muppets we would have recognized yeah i know they all they had the guy that voiced grover and um, I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't a big Muppet fan when I was little, but yeah, everybody that's on the show, uh, that's on the thing is a very well known has voiced a very well known Muppet. Um, I need to talk to Mike from uh, from Splat House, and I I want to propose a scene. They do those movie scenes before their uh, podcast. Propose one of those uh, scenes as Muppet characters, and I can pretty much do all of them, oh, like well, legit. Sure, you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> next up was uh, <laughs> Joe Lynch's uh, new film, Mayhem. I love Joe Lynch. I love Joe Lynch so much. I think he is a great guy, and he's super funny, and I want to hang out with Joe Lynch every day of my life. I love Holliston. I like Wrong Turn, too, but goddamn, I don't like anything else he does. Um, and I don't like Mayhem, <laughs> but I love Joe Lynch. I really do. And I'm not being sarcastic when I say that. I really, really love Joe Lynch, and I want to love his movies. Um, but I don't like. No, there's directors I really, I, I like the director. Like I'm like, man, I would hang out with him, and we'd have drinks, and we'd have a really good time. Like we would talk about some a lot of a lot of really cool shit. But then I see the movie, I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't, I don't like the mayhem. I'm sorry, Joe. I mean, it's. And I know that you've mentioned our show on your show. I love you, Joe. But I don't. What? Yeah, man. They talked about the Screamcast on one of their episodes. 
Well, you just fucked it up. You, you need to kiss his ass and suck his dick. No, man. And no, uh, no. I'm. <laughs> I. I don't. No, man. Sorry, Joe. Yeah, keep it real. I love you so much, man. I love Holliston. Do season three. Um. Oh Jesus Christ. Uh, next up was um, Madre. Um, this is my uh, review on Madre. Um, <laughs> Nicholas Lopez produced this film. I don't like anything Nicholas Lopez does. I hate Eli Ross' Knock Knock. I hate Eli Ross' Green Inferno. I hate Nicholas Lopez's Aftershock. I hate uh, The Stranger they did. I hate everything that they produce and make. Um, wow. And I really don't like Madre. Um, it's not wow. Nicholas Lopez produced it. So huh? I th- well, I thought there was some inspired moments in Aftershock. No, but it's dude, uh, rape. Certain turning point. No, it's like a, hey, exactly. Man, this is a fun little movie. Oh, there's an earthquake. Let's rape. And it was like, what the fuck yeah. is happening in this movie? As soon as that shit happened, I was like, fuck. Yeah. So yep. uh, next up was one of my favorites. Um, the next, uh, actually four are my favorites, uh, top in my top 10 was a documentary about Bill Nye, the science guy. One of my most anticipated as well, man, Bill Nye still got it. He's still fighting the good fight. He never disappeared. He is fucking battling creationism. He is battling people to the death. He fucking hates Trump. He hates everything. And he is, even though he's, you know, he's not a scientist, he knows a lot of shit, and he's willing to battle to the fucking death. Um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of guys who know their shit that, uh, that are worth listening to. And, and dude, Bill Nye, the science guy, man, he taught me a lot of stuff growing up. Well, you know what he taught? I, you know I, what he I, taught I, that's I, most important? Oh. Fucking ask questions and use your brain. That's what Bill Nye was about. What? And what? Bill Nye succeeded. And that's what he did, and he's still doing that shit. And this documentary is great. It's a little sad, awesome. and it's really weird because I didn't know a lot about creationism beforehand because it's oh, something dude. I always kind of pushed off. But then watching the doc, I learned a little bit more, and then went online and read a lot more about it, and it really blew my head. I'll just say, if you don't know what creationism, you probably know what creationism is, but you may not know what they believe. I'll just put it this way. They believe that the T-Rex was on Noah's Ark. I'll just say that. <laughs> Dinosaurs were on the Noah's Ark. Did he talk about the, did he, did he talk about the whole uh, theme park that Ken Ham did? Oh, that, no, that, he that battles fucking Ken. He battles Ham Ugh. on the documentary. He has debates with that, him. It's good. Amazing. He actually goes to the Ark amazing. Museum and walks with Ham and debates <laughs> with him. Uh, it is great. He even he even goes up. to a little girl. The little girl comes up and she uh, asks Ham a question, and he tells her his little spiel. And then Bill Nye gives her what I call the truth, and she goes, "You know what? I don't believe you. I believe him." And Bill Nye just nicely says, "Well, that's fine, little girl. Just make sure you go to college." Um, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Bill Nye just fucking told that little girl what to do. Um, so anyways, great doc. Uh, it'll definitely pop on up on Netflix for sure. Uh, next up was um, Free Fire, Ben Wheatley's new film. Ben Wheatley is the shit. I love pretty much every film that Ben Wheatley's done, aside from The Field in England. Uh, Free Fire is uh, kind of like my second favorite, third favorite, my third favorite film of the fest. 
Um, a bunch of gangsters get in a warehouse with guns and they shoot, have a shootout for an hour and a half. Um, it's, it's <laughs> exciting. It is fucking hysterical. One of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time. Um, Charlotte Copley's in it. Uh, Killian Murphy, uh, Brie Larson. It's got a great cast. It is fucking funny as shit. So good. Um, you just put me on the cast. Oh, dude, the alone. cast is fucking great. It's got even more people than that. It's it's a it's a, a really fucking. It's set in the seventies too, if that helps. Um, oh, oh god, is Billion Murphy not in enough shit? Like, no, he's not. I feel he's like he's so the most good in this actor. Yeah, like he was in when he was in Batman Begins. Like he's like in it. Just I was like, give me more of him, please. You know, they didn't give him enough to do. No, I know. And he was supposed to have one of the baddies. Like the the dude's awesome. I'm with you, dude. Fucking Free Fire is great. It's gonna it's gonna be a, a favorite for a long time for a lot of people. Next up was uh maybe this was the worst film I saw. Um along with Archer there was another midnight film called The Honor Farm. I have never seen I, I'm a I hate I hate when people say nothing happens in a movie because I think that's such a really dumb thing to say because there's always at least something that happens. Maybe it's something that may not. Hey, bro, nothing happens in the movie. It may all. not interest like, you, but something usually happens in a movie. Well, I think I finally found a movie where you can say that, and I'm not contradicting myself because I talk to a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people at South by Southwest. <laughs> And when I was introducing myself to people for the first time, I said, hey, I'm Brad Henderson. How's it going? Uh, did you see The Honor Farm? Yeah. What was it about? <laughs> well, I don't fucking know. Good. We can be friends. <laughs> this is a midnight film. Nice. This film has a million different ways it can go, but it doesn't go anywhere. It is a rated G. You have a can you think of a basic synopsis? It is for it. It is a G-rated version of the movie Shrooms. <laughs> uh, there's a film made in like 2007 called Shrooms, where a bunch of kids go out in the woods, do shrooms, and some fucked up shit happens to them. Well, Honor Farm, a bunch of kids do shrooms, and nothing fucking happens to them. Um, that's the Honor Farm. Uh, next up is going to be a film that I consider will be a cult favorite um, among many. Um, it's called Game of Death. Um, it is a really fucking fun film. I hope we have more board game movies like Beyond the Gates and Game of Death. Um, game of Death, a bunch of fucking stupid fucking kids, which I love when I hate every fucking character in a film, uh, <laughs> are just fucking millennials that think they fucking know it all, who drink and do drugs. They stumble upon a game while they're fucking having sex and doing drugs and skipping school, and they put their fingers on this board game, and it takes a little bit of their blood, and then they start reading the instructions, and they're like, oh, this game is called Game of Death. We have to kill whatever number the game says, or one of us die like every ten minutes, unless we kill each other. So you need to kill in order to not be killed and for the game to end. Well, lucky number 24 comes up on the screen, and they have to kill 24 people, or they all die. And when they die, their head explodes. Um... <laughs> so this movie is like 70 minutes long and it's nothing but fucking 
butchering people. Um, it's really fun. It's super goofy. It's told as like an old fucking Nintendo game from like the eighties. Um, it has some great fucking practical effects. I couldn't believe this shit when I was seeing in my eyes watching people blow up and uh, getting hacked away. Um, it's really fun. I hate everybody that's in the film uh, as far as character-wise. It's so much fun to just want to watch people die. Um, and it's 70 minutes. It doesn't overstay its welcome at all. In fact, it's a little too short, um, but a lot of fun. So I don't have any idea when this will be released. This will probably be like an IFC movie or some shit like that. Um, so stay tuned for Game of Death. Uh, next up was uh, nice. Evan Katz's new film. He directed um, sm- um, uh, Cheap Thrills. Um, it stars um, one of the guys from Headhunters. Everybody knows him from this movie called or that show uh, Game of Thrones. I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I don't know who it is, but I know he's the guy in Headhunters, and he's also the dude in Mama. He's the father. Um, you didn't watch Game of Thrones, man. I did. imagine I'll like it, but I don't you have did. time because um, I'm at South by watching 32 <laughs> films. Um, so Small Crimes, <laughs> it's written by Macon Blair, uh, who's been on our show, uh, was in, you know, basically had his hands in the green green room script wrote Murder Party, he wrote nice. uh, Monkey's Paw, which he was on the show for. Um, he's uh, has the new movie on Netflix. It's really great. It's got that long-ass title, and I can never, ever remember it. Um, the End of the World, whatever, We Don't Want to Be Here movie, or whatever it's called. Elijah Wood's in it. It's really good. Um, with, with Elijah yeah. Wood. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but it's called Small... This one movie's called Small Crimes. Uh, there's a movie called Small Town Crimes and Small Crimes, and they both have Robert Forrester, and they both kind of have similar plots, um, <laughs> which is really weird. Uh, basically, this guy, uh, Game of Thrones dude, he is out of jail. His life has kind of completely fallen apart, and he is prompted with a bunch of people that kind of put him in jail, and he has to make choices. Um, it's kind of a dark comedy, um, but it's really weird because it's it's almost like beat for beat for small town crime at times. But this is called Small Crimes. Check it out. Um, not the greatest follow up that I wanted for uh, Ellie Katz, Evan Katz from Cheap Thrills, but it will do. Um, next up is two documentaries. Um, first up was Meth Storm. Uh, no, this is not a Nicolas Cage uh, directed video film, or directed by Michael Bay. Meth. Um, Meth. On sci-fi. It's actually called Meth Storm, Arkansas, USA. Um, it is a battles gigantic okay. bags of meth. It is about uh, the Mexican cartel and drug users and DEA agents in Arkansas dealing with uh, meth. I didn't know that meth was this bad in Arkansas. I know it's bad in Florida. Um, but Dude, it's bad out here in Southern meth California. has died down in the way it's manufactured, um, because now yeah. it's coming from Mexico and it's really bad. Mm. Um, and I didn't really know that, um, it's not being manufactured like in home. I mean, it still is, but it's not being, it's, it's it, a lot of it's just coming from Mexico. And this documentary is really shocking because we follow a family that uses, meth and we get to see him shoot up on screen oh shit we get to see raids wow. uh with dea agents 
Um, and it's really intense. It's um, really sad. Um, it's not funny at all. I cringed quite a bit. I couldn't believe what I was seeing on screen. Um, but it's really, really good. Wow. Um, nice. I went in blind to this next documentary called Mommy, Dead, and Dearest. Um, I had no idea of this story existing uh, until I saw this doc. It is uh, about a little girl um, by the name of uh, uh, Rosie. Was that her name? Shit. Um, let me check it out because I want to get this right so people can research it. Um, oh, Gypsy Rose. Um, it is about a, a little girl named Gypsy Rose and her, uh, mother, Dee Dee Blanchard. Um, this hit, uh, big on the news a few years ago. Um, she was a girl, little girl, um, who, uh, I think she was around 18 at the time, um, where a nine, uh, she was arrested, um, with her boyfriend and they murdered her mom together. Um, wow. holy shit. And I was like, shit, that's really fucked up. And I've never seen a documentary. I mean, I was fucking got tears in my eyes and shit. There's a lot to this fucking story. Because at first, it's like Gypsy Rose, and uh, she's in the police station. She says she's not didn't murder her mom, but she obviously had her boyfriend do it so they could be together. And I'm like, shit, guilty as fucking charged. Man, there's a lot to this fucking story. And I'm glad that there are people that l just don't look at the case on the outside and say, you know what? Hey, guilty as charged, life. No, 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 no. Not with this story. Um, you find out exactly what was happening to Gypsy Rose, how she was brought up, the secrets that the family had, and uh, Gypsy Rose is, of course, still alive, and it's up to date with her in prison. Um, and there's a lot of news footage, a lot of uh, family speaking, and, man, this fucking doc hits hard as fuck. It's super good, wow. but man, get ready to fucking be depressed as fuck. Um, but yeah, so, Mom, <laughs> so this is gonna be on HBO, correct? So, is it, this is HBO documentary. Yeah, films so HBO is killing it with story because last year I talked about the Slender Man doc, um, which is HBO as well that debuted uh, a couple uh, a couple months ago. So while I was watching Gypsy, I need to watch. Yeah, it's it's really good and depressing as well. Um, I was watching this and I was like, man, Gypsy Rose lived in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Where did I know Waukesha from? Well, that's where fucking Slender Man happened. So here's the thing. Don't go to Waukesha because you'll get fucking murdered. So stay away from Waukesha <laughs> um, and just stay at your home and watch these two documentaries. Um, but it's really good. Um, if you want to spoil it, go ahead and just read the case because obviously it's all online of what really happened and uh, what Gypsy Rose uh, – what happened to Gypsy Rose. Um, and it, it's a really – man, this is a really fun – documentary and story to talk to people about because there's so many different sides and so many different outlooks of what people believe should, shouldn't have happened, should have happened, what will happen, 
what shouldn't have happened and all that kind of shit. It's a really good uh um we had a lot of fun talking about the outcome of the case and what was going on. So um definitely something to check out. Uh next up was an Australian film. So uh congrats to one of our new writers. He was kind of the hit of uh our live show that we did, our three year anniversary, because I got comments um from uh, his name is actually I was saying his name was Murray, um, but it was not. He, right. he never well, corrected me. People who saw the live, well, people who saw the live broadcast saw that. I edited that shit out to kind of save face a little bit for you, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> so his name I felt bad. I was for for posterity's sake, we'll uh, we'll, we'll edit that out of the of the audio podcast. <laughs> so um, his name is Bead Germain. Uh, that is his name. And even my Me. mother commented about how much she liked Bede. And I was like, Mom, you fool. This guy's great. He really is. Well, so anyways, I've been talking to Bede. The funny thing is, like, if anyone ever if anyone ever butchered our names and called us the wrong people, we, we both of us would be like, fuck you, my name is Sean, my name is Brad, you know? like. But he took it in stride and just didn't yeah. even say anything. Yeah, so, it's amazing. An nice guy. The whole thing's on He's been a fan for quite some time, so we've been working out, and now he has a column on our site called Horror Down Under, where he'll focus on Australian horror films. Huh? I said, don't start yawning mid-sentence. Sorry. I am tired. It is 12 All right. So, so anyways, he has the new column, Horror Down Under. Well, this is for you, B, because this film's called Hounds of Love, and it's from Australia. It's set in the 80s about two lovers who kidnap young teens, and they have their way with them. Um, it's also wow. um, a story of love and a lot of weird shit. And, uh, it was weird because usually I'm not into hostage horror all that much. Um, but I was into this because they look at the relationship between the two people more than they do the kidnappings and torture and all the nasty things they do behind the scenes. So definitely check it out. Um, I've seen this before. Be Jermaine. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, I'm coming to Australia <laughs> soon. Hopefully, it'll come out over here. Um, it's it's a pretty good flick. Um, and then next up was a Finnish film, not a finished film, a Finnish film, uh, a slasher, which I don't consider a slasher, um, called Lake Bodum. This is another Shutter ex- exclusive, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show. This will premiere on Shutter in a little while. It is about a group of kids. This is based on a loosely based on a true story where a group of kids go to Lake, Lake Bodum, and they are killed in the 60s. Well, this story is about a bunch of people that kind of want to discover or have theories about what happened, and they encounter some shit. Um, it's really well shot, um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, watch it, I guess. Uh, next up was Ram. What? Yeah, watch it. I guess it's not very. It's it has it has a lot of cool things going for it, but it just never achieves. You know anything. the cool thing. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about films shot, especially like in Finland and, stuff, and, and and even Sweden, 
and the the scenery, the cinematography is okay. always going to be really fucking good. It is so good. good. And there's a great yeah. Part. So it's like I almost like but nice. Okay. I'll almost give those those clicks a chance, like just because I want to see something other than you know uh, what we see every day around us, like the this is it. it the ability to see like other countries, you know, amazing, you know, landscapes well, and stuff is it's kind of one of the things that I it I'm takes completely at yeah, night, so don't worry about that. Um, oh, fuck. <laughs> okay, never, never mind. So Take next up is another documentary <laughs> um, called Ramblin' Freak. I saw this on a whim because I missed the movie before, uh, so there's nothing else playing, and I was like, ah, eh, I'm just gonna go home. Uh, this was my last movie for that day because it was like fucking 10 o'clock at night. And I was like, why do I want to want I don't want to see a documentary. Um, and then like, I look it up looking in the book and I see this guy who bought a video camera to document his cross country trip. And upon buying the camera, he finds a tape and it's a tape of, um, this bodybuilder and then he changed his idea to want to meet this weird guy in this bodybuilding video that it was he was like homemade video and i'm like wow this sounds really fucking weird and i want to see this so i went to go see it and it's shot on dv tapes which i was okay with but there's just a lot of him filming himself, like having phone conversations and eating cereal and playing with his cat. And then it just starts showing clips of people off YouTube. And I was like, what the fuck am I watching? Like, I really don't want to see this shit. Um, and then about 20 minutes in, it starts to dive in more to the story, and in order to get people to watch this movie, I, I feel like I need to kind of go more into detail. So he watched this, he, he found this bodybuilder uh, on this video video recorder that he bought. Well, the videos that he's watching randomly, these YouTube clips are his sisters, you find out. And, um, spoiler free, um, and there's a story behind of how his little sisters and this bodybuilder connect. And by the end of the fucking documentary, I'm sitting there 1130 at night fucking weeping. Um, so, yeah, check out <laughs> Ramblin' Freak. It's really fucking good. You just need to give it a chance. Because I was like, why am I watching this movie? Like, I don't understand. This is not a documentary to me. This is just some weird dude filming himself eating with his cat. And that's a lot of what it is. But there's a lot more to it. It's very heartfelt and sweet and a hell of a little... little. It's not even... I, it's, it's almost like a life story. You know, it's, it's almost like a... Um, a guy exposing, you know, his true feelings and his ups and downs and regrets and accomplishments. So check it out. Um, it might be a while till you see something because this would be really hard to market. Um, it's going to be one of those like a lot of subtle nuance. A lot of subtle nuance can happen when eating with your cat. Yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, next up, 
uh, we only get a couple more here, a few more, um, was uh, Two Pigeons. Uh, this stars, um, uh, God, what's his name? God damn it. I just had it on the tip of my tongue. Um, let me look. It stars, oh, Javier Boitet. Uh, that name does not sound familiar to you guys because he is a um, kind of a character actor. If you've seen the original REC, oh. he plays the thing at the end of REC. Yes. He plays Mama in the movie Mama. Um, he plays um, in The Other Side of the Door. He plays the Crooked Man in Conjuring 2. Um, he's a very odd looking guy he has very long arms uh he's very animated and if you haven't seen kind of the behind the scenes of the conjuring 2 when i'm sitting in the movie theater saying man this is some wicked fucking claymation that they're doing and stop motion no that is javier boitet moving like that that's how he moves he can move fucking incredible like a fucking creep well he actually plays in this film not dressed as anything. He plays himself. Um, he is a home invader wow. living with a guy. And he plans on kind of ruining his life. Um, it's called Two Pigeons. It's okay. Um, moving on. Um, next up. Oh, what? man. Just okay? You're going you're to leave me with that? Just okay? All right. <laughs> next up was... Um, a this wasn't a documentary. I was a little upset about this. Um, there's a band uh, from the '70s, uh, early '80s called Big Star. They had three albums. Um, it's basically a bunch of other musicians covering their music in a concert with no dialogue in between. It's just a concert movie. Hmm. I was a little disappointed. I was expecting maybe some backstory on Big Star. Nope. What was the name Big of that star. again? It was actually called Thank You Friends Big Star Third something. Um, but it's the documentary. It's it, not. It's not a documentary. It's a concert video. Big Stars cover songs. Um, next up was a film that I took a chance on because I really hate the first film. This is the sequel to that film. Uh, this is definitely not my cup of tea. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch all the midnight movies this year at South by, which I've never done. And I did. It's called meatball machine. Koduko. It's the sequel to the movie that we'd never wanted a sequel to meatball machine. Um, and man, it's fucking fun. <laughs> uh, basically this glass cylinder comes to earth in Japan and traps people inside a glass cylinder. And these alien things come out of, uh, the air and they go inside people's eyeballs and then turn them into killing machines and they all kill one another. Um, Holy. Well, dude, hold on. Blowing my so, mind. So, right so there's a, the first meatball yeah, machine. Yeah, it's from like 2007. It's not that great. And you saw the sequel without seeing the first no, one? No, I saw the first, the first one. one. Yeah, I just don't like it at all. I'm guessing most people though would go into this like not seeing the first one. Uh, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, right. At yeah. Festival, right? So it doesn't follow anything of the second film or the first film. Um, so it was opened up by the director who couldn't be there. He's actually uh, he's actually doing special, which I was very interesting. Uh, Trump keep huh? 
Trump keep him from coming in? Did Trump keep him from uh, coming in? <laughs> Maybe. Well, actually, no, he is actually filming. Um, uh, we've talked about last shift, Anthony DeBossi. DeBossi. Uh, well, actually, he has a new film, and this guy, the director, is apparently doing the special effects, which I was very kind of intrigued about because as in Meatball Machine in before the film, uh, the sequel, the director says that they filmed this with four tons of blood. Holy sh- This is by what? far the bloodiest film I've ever seen in my entire life. Four tons? Four tons. I was... I, mean, that, I thought it was uh, like maybe 4,000 gallons, but no. Four tons. Four? How many gallons is four tons? Well, how much do you think? I don't know. I, I'm not going to Google right now. Well, I don't know. It's four tons of blood. Click. <clears throat> let, me, let me see if Google can... How many gallons is... It's more... Four tons of liquid. Let's see if Google comes through. So, a ton is equal to 2,000 pounds. Each gallon is composed of 8.33 pounds. It's 31.75 gallons in a ton of water. I've got my calculator. 31, basically 32 times 4. Okay. So, there you go. 128 gallons. Shit! How much? Get, how many gallons in Kill Bill? How I'm looking it up. many gallons was in Kill Bill? Four hundred fifty. Wait. So what has more? Wait, dude. The uh, freaking meatball machine ball, or whatever the. Oh fuck. yeah. Meatball machine has more blood than Kill Bill Two or Kill Bill as a whole. Huh. By about by over by over you know over sixty gallons. So that's pretty crazy. <laughs> Was it just like blood splurting everywhere in every frame? Well, or I mean, these people have drills on the end of their heads. They have jackhammers. Basically, whatever they're holding at the time, they basically adapts to their body. Like there's a construction worker with a jackhammer, and when he gets trapped inside and the alien things come out and go into his brain, um, he has a jackhammer on the end of his hand. It's like a fucking X-rated Mortal Kombat. Amazing. The, li- listen. So, I, the, I was not on board. I don't like these the, Japanese splatter films, but... People of Japan. People of Japan, you're fucked up <laughs> a little bit. But, um, it's, dude, it's a lot of fun. I was very happy with, uh, with what was happening. Um, and we'll just spit us now. Hold on. What? <sighs> Pardon me. Whiskey almost came out my nose. Um, next up was the Transfiguration, um, which is about a young boy who is obsessed with vampires, uh, who watches vampire films, very reminiscent to Martin. Martin's even mentioned in the film. Um, I think the best way to describe this film is what uh, Matt Taylor said to me. Is he said, if Abel Ferreira directed Let the Right One In. And I was like, that sounds mm-hmm. interesting to me. Um, but yeah, think of that and Martin, and there's Transfiguration. It's really, really good. Um, uh, next up was a film written by David Lynch's son. 
uh, David Lynch uh, is co-stars in it. Um, Harry Dean Stanton is in his 90s, and he stars in it. Uh, it's called Lucky. It's a very mumblecore film about a man who is 90-some years old, who's still very spry <laughs> and with it, and just dealing with being old. Um, it's very funny. Isn't it incredible? Dude, the fact that Harry Dean Stanton is still alive. Yeah, dude, he's in his 90s, and is he's doing fucking, like, miracle. jumping jacks and yoga in this movie. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Um, but he drinks, like, a bottle of Jack Daniels and smokes, like, a carton of cigarettes a day, Start doing right? it now, dude. You live to your 93. Um, so, anyways, <laughs> it's really funny. It's very charming. It's uh, really good. Um... Then we got uh, Life, which opens this coming Friday, which is uh, kind of a take on the movie Alien. Uh, just kind of a different version. Um, it was so much more exciting when we thought that it was a prequel to uh, yeah. Venom. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's um, it feels like maybe a oh maybe God. feels like a passion project for Rhett Reese. He's the writer of Deadpool. He wrote this. Um, so it feels like maybe a kind of a passion project of wanting to get a horror film, like a straight horror film, out of the way. Um, it's okay. Uh, it's it, it's fine. It's serviceable. Oh, uh, you'll love it, Sean. You'll love it. Um, I, I probably will. Uh, you're not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna mention any uh, any drama that ensued with the. Um, no, we're past that. With life? we're past that. Um, okay. If you paid. Twitter, you're in for a treat. This one, uh, still apologies <laughs> are there, uh, but yeah. moi, 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 you know who you are. We love you, but yeah, that was that was a joke. <laughs> well, I could tell the joke part because they thought it was funny. Um, so anyway, yeah, yeah, the whole yeah. I mean, Venom you know, it was, uh, life it thing. There was the idea that life was a prequel, a hidden prequel to Venom. Um, so I was at the premiere of Venom, and so I was live tweeting that Marvel was there and some crazy shit was happening, and I was signing NDAs to see the movie, and I had a few people believe me, and they started writing about it, and then I was, at the end, I was like, gotcha. But I ended up hurting a couple people's feelings, <laughs> and I felt really bad and did my apologies publicly and, you know, behind the scenes. But it was just a really <laughs> stupid joke, and I... It was pretty funny, but it got out of hand, and I was like, "It's you know, the well, the thing I want to talk about, like really quick, like it's <clears throat> like it's amazing the the time that we live in, where so many people are hanging on things people. I couldn't tweet. believe anybody was listening. You know, that's so the it, thing like, is, I was just joking, and then I fa- saw it, and well, I was like, "Oh my god, people are actually taking what I'm saying seriously." I didn't realize the extent of what was going on until, like, I, I was kind of bullshitting around too, and then I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck, whatever," you know. And, you know, no, it's a Brad, Brad Henderson. No one's gonna believe Brad Henderson. And then things started kind of, you know, people were kind of hitting me up on like on DMs and stuff, and I was like, "Oh, fuck!" Like, I think I was like, in in my head, I was like, "This could go bad." Yeah. So <laughs> you know, and what uh, I've noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is that even though like I send out a tweet and I maybe think it's really funny or clever, or just an idea, and I don't get a like or a retweet or a reply, doesn't mean anybody's not listening, man. People are listening to you. That's the truth. Because I, yeah. I, yeah, so I was tweeting tweet a bunch of shit, and no one was saying anything, and before I knew it, I had a lot of people going. 
So, anyways, just be careful what you tweet. Um, yeah. It like in for real in real life, you know, like don't get yourself in trouble with like saying. Can we send this? To yeah, Donald don't Trump? ever send anything to Donald Trump. Can we send this? To um, fucking done. And then last two films, my top films of the fest. I saved them. Oh man, here we go. Hey, get close to the mic, man. You're 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 drifting away. I'm sleeping. I'm laying down. I'm laying down. Ah. Um, I'm kidding. Uh, so on, first yeah. up. Uh, my second favorite film is South by Southwest, and this will probably be in my top ten. Probably, I know it's a little soon too too soon to say. Um, called Hot Summer Nights. Um, when I, I was going in order to do my South by, um, um, kind of schedule, I don't watch any trailers. Um, I just go by descriptions and pictures. Um, it's the best way to do it. I figured out through all the festivals I've been to. Um, and I got to the description of this film and I saw hot summer nights. I was like, eh, sounds like some kind of indie drama. It is an indie drama. Um, but <laughs> it said set in 1991, a coming of age tale about a young man. And immediately I slammed my fist on the table and I was like, By Richard Linkletter. I was like coming of age tale set in the nineties. That's it. That's all I need. And I saw it, man, I fucking love this movie so goddamn much. This movie is my fucking jam. <laughs> um, it's set in the 90s. It's about a kid who goes to a town during the summer of a, a town he's never been to with his parents. And he meets the girl of his dreams, McKay Monroe, which is the girl of my dreams. Um, <laughs> and he has the best worst summer ever. It's so good. It's so good. I hope you guys see it soon. I'll nice. be talking about it for the next couple of years. A few years. Just like everybody wants some. <laughs> um, and then last but not least, my favorite film is South by Southwest. Uh, this will be in my top ten. There's no way this film can probably possibly be replaced. It is a horror comedy. Can I get a like and a retweet and a favorite and a fake Facebook post and a Twitter post, it all plays into the movie why I'm saying that for Tragedy Girls. Um, Tragedy Girls oh, is about two teenagers who are obsessed with death, uh, who want to make their – they want to be up there with Freddy. They want to be up there with Jason. They want to be up there with the real dudes like Dahmer, Gacy, and Bundy. So they uh, devise a plan – and you find this out in the first three minutes of the film, uh, that they kidnap their local serial killer. And they are going to have a little fun. Oh. And since they are obsessed with social media and having as many followers as they can and how many Instagram likes they can get off a pick, um, they try to create a fucking frenzy in their town. Um, and oh my God, this movie's so fucking good. It's so goddamn funny. It is pretty brutal. And um, it stars... I don't know who it stars. I don't know the names of the girls, but I do know that... Alexandra Schmidt and Brianna So the one girl, Brianna Hildebrand, played Negasonic Teenage Warhead in Deadpool. And the other girl played, I guess, Storm in one of the X-Men movies when Storm was younger or something. Um... 
Well, probably the last I don't one. Know. I don't watch X Men movies. What? Um, why? You know what? Why? Why you gotta uh, be? I don't here. have time to watch a, uh, movies directed by pedophiles. Um, <laughs> truth. <laughs> when you, when you fuck kids and you're an Just adult. Well, I guess you fuck kids in general. You don't have to be really an adult. <laughs> it's like if you talk about fucking kids and you're like under investigation for fucking children. Um, I that's a, I know that sound people like hate when I say that, but I don't think people understand the word pedophile. Sometimes it's like, oh, they're a pedophile. Oh, gross. No, I think you really need to say exactly what they did, so it gets through their sick skull that these people shouldn't be supported, and um, they need fucking help. They need to stop making movies. Number one, and they need to find, they need to go to fucking get help. They need uh, counseling. They need therapy. They need help. They don't need to be burned at the stake. They don't need to be shunned away from society um, because they're just going to do it again. They need help. Uh, Brian Singer has a lot of heat from um, young males, and settlements were made. Well, I'll tell you what, in my world and the world that we live in, when settlements are made, there's a fucking reason why they're made, and it's to keep people's mouths shut. Um, and there's a lot of yeah. weird shit surrounding Brian Singer. So no, I'll watch First Class, but I don't watch any X-Men movies. Um, All right. All so right, anyways, yeah, that's, enough. and plus, fuck superhero movies, I'm done. Um... So, yeah. Well, aside from Deadpool, I watched Deadpool because I laughed. Um, but yeah, Tragedy Girls. Uh, Kevin Durant is in this film, and I know that when Kevin Durant first came on the scene, I was like, "Look at his meathead." And then, like, he was in—he's uh, one of the Tremor Brothers in Smoke and Aces, and I was like, "Ah, this guy's okay." And then, like, he started popping up in films every once in a while, and he's like really good. Uh, like, Dark Was the Night. He's great. Dark was the night. Dark was the night was an okay movie until the monster shows up. You know, um, right? He's, he plays the ser- he plays ah! the serial killer in this, and he's really fucking good. And he is a great fucking creepy serial killer. He's so good. Um, he's totally like hanging on to the Hannibal Lecter thing. Um, but man, this, <laughs> this film has got a great script. It's um, it's really inventive. It's really fun. It's a really good take, kind of modernizing uh, uh, kind of the the slasher genre. Um, films like Detention, uh, films like The Final Girls, uh, and even Scream. Uh, this is up there with that, where they try to t- completely take the genre and do something new. And um, I was saved for the Q&A for this one because I was really interested in how this movie came about because it was a debut from a guy. Um, aside, well, actually, no, it's his second film. His first film's not even released yet, uh, and this was his, his second film. This film doesn't have distribution, which, honestly, dude, if they had somebody that was a box office draw, like, this movie would be number one at the fucking box office in, like, the horror community. Like, this movie would kill at the box office. But sadly, there's no one really to, you know, it's got popular people. It's got Craig T. Nelson in it, you know, not Craig T. Nelson, Craig T. Robinson, Jesus Christ. Uh, Craig T. Robinson, you know, plays Daryl from The Office. Um, It's got a few other cameos. I don't want to spoil it too much. 
um, uh, of people in there. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fun, fun little horror take, uh, kind of reinventing the genre, like for fans of like the final girls and detention and scream, this is a hundred percent for you. Like if you like those films, you're going to love tragedy girls. So that's it. That was my South by trip. Nice. Now lots of cool movies, lots of great food. Uh, met a lot of cool people. You know, uh, stars and shit like that. Uh, so yeah, what was the best restaurant you ate at? Um, well, I like to go to the Texas Chili Parlor where they film Death Proof because I like to get the killer nachos, which uh, uh, Kurt Russell calls the Nacho Grande platter uh, in in the film. Um, <laughs> so I had uh, I took Ashley there. That's one of my favorite restaurants uh, to eat at. Um, other than Torchies, uh, which is tacos. Um, but yeah, lots, lots of great food. Um, I'm not a huge, um, fan of the draft house food. I'll eat it when I have to, but, uh, there's so much good food in Austin. It's crazy. Yeah. One of these days I keep, I've been saying this for the past three years. Uh, I need to get to Austin at some point. Um, three years ago, my son was one. Now he's four. Uh, he's a little more manageable now. Um, I mean, the thing is like me being gone means my wife has to be in charge of three kids and an 11 year old, a nine year old and a freaking four year old has a lot of shit to deal with. So that's why she's been hesitant on letting me, uh, disappear for a week, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen within the next couple of years for sure. I'll be hitting up a Fantastic Fest or, or a South by South, uh, South by uh, whatever. We'll see, South Sean. by Southwest at some point. It's, it's going to happen. Uh, Fantastic Fest um, is going to be over by the but, time you get there. Is it? They're, they'll be I done doing it? So. No, they won't. Fuck. No. So it's, it, it's going to happen, and I just need to, you know, my kids need to fucking behave when I'm gone. So I'm waiting for that to happen, but cool, man. Um, I, I'm I'm glad that I'm I'm glad that uh, Ashley went out, went down there with you. A lot of great writing happened during uh, South by Southwest for you guys. If you haven't checked it out yet, uh, b- make sure you check it out at thescreamcast.com. There's a lot of great stuff on there. A lot of great mini reviews from Ashley. A lot of great write ups uh, from you, Brad. And um, it's 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 fun. Kind of like, cause I'm here while you guys are out there and it's fun kind of seeing and experiencing this from, through you guys, through your, uh, social media and through the writings you guys have been submitting through the site. So, you know, you guys keep listening to the show, keep reading the site. We'll keep doing, uh, stuff like this and, uh, it's only going to get better and better. So very cool. Well, thanks, man. No problem. Thanks for, thanks for having me on, Sean. A lot of people have added a, a lot of people have added a lot of things to their uh, to watch lists for sure tonight. Yeah, or today, or this morning, whenever the hell you're listening. Um, by the way, check us out over at thescreamcast.com. I upload, I updated our social media icons, so you'll be able to find us pretty easily on everything that you need to follow find us on one of us.net iTunes Google Play Stitcher uh Facebook Twitter YouTube all that bullshit uh Instagram you can even uh click and sign up and and uh, put in your email and you'll get notified at uh 
every time something posts on our site through email. If you if you dig that sort of thing, of course, please if you uh, if you want to help us out, please check out the Patreon. Um, I have updated our goals during this podcast. If we reach a hundred dollars a month, I am definitely going to pay for a year of Zencaster. And um, if all goes well, like I've really, really, really enjoyed the experience of recording this through Zencaster. It's been like phenomenal. Like Brad, you sound amazing. Like this is the best uh, VOIP or whatever um, connection we've had. Like Skype is bullshit. Google Hangouts is kind of iffy, but like this has sounded like really damn good this whole time. So I really want to pursue recording our podcasts through Zencaster. Um, they're going to offer us a discount. So if we get up to a hundred dollars a month on Patreon, I'll definitely pay for the full year. And so that's patreon.com slash scream underscore cast. And, you know, as we go along, there's going to be a lot of added bonuses we're going to be giving our patrons. Um, even if it's not listed on the side, there's going to be some fun things we're going to be, uh, giving you guys, um, some fun, uh, perks here and there. I know that we have some really talented artists that are going to be a providing some stuff for us. I think that we should include our patrons on some of that artwork. So we'll see. Like this is kind of uh, evolving as we go along here and we want to make it like, we know that you're, you know, giving us your harder money every month and we want to make it worth your while uh, within our possibilities, like our schedules and what we can do. So um, definitely check that out. And we would love to have you guys as a, as a part of the show. I need to give a shout out to, um, everyone who's become a patron so far, I'm trying to get there right now. Um, how the, how the hell do I see all of our patrons? Uh, let's see your pledges. No, that's not it. Patron manager. No, that's not it. Uh, creator page? Anyway, god damn it. It's not letting me like pull up all the patrons right now. Brad, are you awake? Yeah. You still there? You awake? <laughs> I'm awake. Uh... Oh, here we go. View current patrons. Okay. All right. Here we go. Really quick. Uh, Francisco H. Laranjo. I apologize if I butcher any names. Um, huge thanks to all you guys. So Francisco, uh, Ron Compostine, Nathaniel Rivera, Luis Soto, Paul Farrell, Joe Guin are all the uh, $5 patrons. They'll be receiving our Screamcast late night once we launch that. Our $3, $3 fans, uh, Josh Sprinkle, Brandon Chowan, Chris Bellavy, Edward Antila, uh, thank you guys. You'll all be receiving the podcast before it hits one of us.net. And of course, Andy Hutchinson and Kevin McDonald for, uh, for hit, for throwing a, a dollar our way. Um, we really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for contributing to this, to this and making this show possible. Um, as more of you decide to become patrons, we'll be announced, we'll be, you know, hitting you guys up. Uh, we'll, we'll be giving you guys a shout out each week. And uh, you'll have kind of a direct connection to the podcast. I know that I throw a lot of things and a lot of kind of uh, tidbits I want on things that are coming up. And uh, you, you will be involved with the show kind of more than just the social media. You'll be actually 
you know, be a part of a part of the family in a way and be able to provide, you know, immediate feedback to the podcast. So check that out if it's in, uh, you know, if you're able to, you know, that, uh, you know, these days, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to be kind of giving away money here and there. And, and we really, really appreciate all of you who have um, become patrons for the site. Of course, our sponsors, Coffee Shop of Horrors, you can definitely uh, use our uh, code SCREAMCAST to receive a discount on your order. Um, I'm, I'm about out. I need to create, I need to place another order. I do have some free coffee I'm going to give away. I need to figure something out for that. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome, of course, we'll be doing a Vinegar Syndrome podcast, I believe is next in line to do. We'll be covering quite a few, sh- uh, quite a few discs from them. Grindhousevideo.com. Check them out. Uh, buy your movies from them. He's very fair on pricing and uh, just a really swell guy. So please support his show. And of course, Wolfman of Mars for providing all the music and Kevin Spencer for providing our visual uh, identity with our logo. Well, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Brad, do you have anything else no, to contribute? But thank you, everybody, for all listening. Right. <laughs> All of you guys have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. Party's just begun.